What are you willing to do to give up to draw closer to God? I would like to take my text tonight from Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 39. That's Mark, the Gospel of Mark chapter 4, 35 through 39. And that same day, when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, and so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. You know, I don't know um, how many of you have seen a great storm before or gone through a storm. And I'm not talking about the storm of life. All of us go through that. And thank the Lord that he gave us peace as you hear this morning also. But uh, a little, little storms. Um, I remember during my book, you, book man year, I think my first year, um, driving from Tennessee to Texas, as we were going somewhere in between, as we were heading to Texas, getting into Texas, uh, in front of us, I don't know how many miles ahead, but you can, we can see, I saw this storm, lots of cloud and the rain was just pouring down and there was just lightning. I mean, I was in awe how great and powerful this storm was. And I was in awe that, you know, that God allowed this can create something like this. I mean, just, the rain was pouring down and the, the lightning was just striking down. I mean, you can't count how many per second, how you know, the, the fast the lightning was striking down into it. And we were heading toward that direction. We stopped the car for a little bit. There was four of us in the car. And we were thinking, you know, what should we do? Well, you know, our motto is if there's a problem, we're supposed to come up with three solutions to it. So, um, you know, one of the guy in the back seat was just shaking. And the, the, the three of us said, you know what, we'll just forge ahead, you know, as every time, as soon as we get closer, you know, the, the water would get higher and higher toward the wheel. And I don't remember what happened after that. And we got to where we're safely. So thank the Lord for that. But, um, the storm, say, um, in this context here, I don't know if anybody ever noticed it before. A lot of time I read, I just noticed a while back about a year ago when I did devotion in, in this account, uh, this account was recorded in three of the five gospel in Matthew, in Mark here, and in Luke. You know, uh, from, it's interesting to see from each different perspective on how, uh, that, you know, of course, Matthew was it, the disciple of uh, Jesus Christ, how he recorded it. Uh, before they entered the, um, the ship, Matthew wrote a little bit. If you read the verse before, he was talking about as the disciple were entering before they entered the ship. Uh, you know, some of the disciple asked, "Hey, can I go take care of my business? Can I go bury the dead or take care of my family first? And of course, Jesus answered them, "You know, hey, let the dead uh, take care of the dead. As uh, if you want to follow me, you come take up your cross and uh, follow me." And then, of course, Mark 
as a little bit different perspective also. Mark, you know, was a stenographer for um, Peter. So a lot of time he write, record stuff, what Peter said, what Peter does. And he also interpret for Peter since, uh, you know, it's known that Peter doesn't speak Greek really well. So he interpret that. And uh, Mark, his focus was also, of course, through Peter, was on the teaching of Jesus because uh, Jesus got done teaching and telling the parables and the mysteries of heaven. And, of course, before they entered the ship, uh, Mark recorded there that uh, Jesus pulled his disciple aside and explained to them some of the parable and the mystery uh, of heavens and uh, of, of God. So that was what uh, Mark focused on as before they entered the ship. And then, of course, in the account, this account in Luke, of course, we all know that Luke was a doctor. I'm sure he was a you know, family doctor or a personal doctor. And he focused mainly on family because uh, right before they entered the ship, uh, he wrote down that, you know, hey, he told Jesus, hey, your mother and brother is looking for you because of the crowd. They couldn't get to you. And, of course, Jesus responded, you know, anybody that come to me, follow me, is my mother, is my, you know, my brother and uh on that. So it's just uh, interesting uh, on that account. But I like, I took the account in Mark because, um, again, through Peter, it was recorded that when the storm happened, Jesus spoke. I'm sure maybe Peter was close enough to hear Jesus spoke. It says, he said, peace be still. He told the, the, the storm to be still. And uh, I appreciate that. Now, the Sea of Galilee, when they were on that sea, was, uh, it's about 13 miles long. Um, eight miles wide, wide. and uh, when Jesus calmed the storm uh, in the entire sea, I don't know if you notice, it says there were other little ships there. So when he calmed that storm on that sea, it wasn't just them that were saved. It, there was other ships on that sea that were saved also. And I'm sure they didn't know what happened. I'm sure maybe they prayed also and they realized or heard about, you know, God and uh, just say, you know, I'm sure they were thankful at what happened to them because they were saved that day. Again, that evening and during the sea, when Jesus calmed the sea and told the sea to be still that moment, yeah, many other ships were saved. And as you can, you know, relate to the storm here a few years ago when Portland went all the smoke cover most of uh, Portland or, or Oregon stuff like that it affects not just us or any individual any certain group but the whole entire city or a lot of the the west coast here so again now when Jesus saved uh, back then when he died on the cross for us he didn't save uh, just die for the sin back then but he's died for everybody and the generation our generation and the generation to come in the generation before us so what he did not just affects uh, everybody then but everybody now and everybody that to come if he tarries if he doesn't uh, come back soon so again so the point i want to uh, get tonight is that what we do individually the decision we make the choice that we make the action that we take affects everybody around us not just ourselves a lot of time because of our selfishness we think that oh, what we say what we do the choice we make only affects us and that's not true just based on just this account alone but here's an example samson you know the the choice he make affects uh, a lot of people affect what uh, the plan that god has for him 
uh, it, uh, the choice that he made affect his character, his life, his ministry, and the, and his nation, the, what God called him to do. Uh, I don't know, I, I sort of learned this too when I looked up uh, reading on uh, Samson's account. You know, Samson's birth was divinely pre-announced to his parents by an angel. I don't know if you know that uh, there's only three other people in the Bible that an angel that God pre-announced their birth uh, uh, to the parents. Of course, Isaac was one of them, John the Baptist, and Jesus. And look at uh, the, the difference, the contrary, when, you, uh, when the, the people that obey God and his will and those who gave in to their flaw, to their lust, to their will, uh, what a difference it is. I mean, Samson ignore his duties and his vow. I mean, God empower him with super strength, supernatural strength to bring deliverance to the children of um, the Philist- of Israel from the Philistine. He was set apart for a special service to God, to do a purpose for God. We are all set apart to do a special uh, service to God. If you don't know it, you don't realize it, all of you, each it, every one of you and those who are listening in, we are all set apart to do a service for God, to do God's will, to bring a certain specific purpose. Each of us has a specific purpose for God in our life. And we have to recognize that. If we don't, we will fall and uh, cause something that we might not want to see or that we might want to regret later, as in uh, Samson did. You know, he gave into his lust and weaknesses, and his lust and desire were more important to him than God's will was to him. And uh, he uh, ultimately, he failed to deliver his people from oppression. But, you know, God still accomplished his will. But he could have done more. Uh, he could have delivered his people from there. Now, I know not all of us are born with... Uh, supernatural strength or some yeah like me not good or even a decent musical talent and stuff like that because i love to sing and you know many of you are born you know god gave you uh, special talents and stuff like that to work for him but uh we are again we are all part of god's plan we are first again the, our plan for god again if you've been here tonight we know that his plan is for us to repent, right? And uh, for our sin and ask Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. He give us all different special ability. You know, we were at the uh, the dinner, the uh, music retirement thing yesterday. And, wow, it's amazing that some of these uh, musicians been playing and giving their life, their talent to the Lord for, man, 30 to 60 to years uh, that I was amazed, I was impressed, I was thankful. I'm, it was an encouragement to see uh, these saints gave their talent to uh, to God to encourage other to draw closer to the Lord and to inspire other to give their life, to give their talent to God. So they weren't just doing it for themselves to make themselves feel good or to look good in the choir, but it was for the glory of God. You know, and that was the, the encouraging thing. Again, God called all of us uh, to do that. Uh, and again, we, we have to stay focused on the purpose that God 
give us for our life. If we don't, we will fall into this world. We will fall uh, to the enemy's trap. If we don't turn away from our will, I mean, that's one of the, the most uh, stubborn thing for us or for uh, when we talk about Sunday school this morning, also it's pride. A lot of us have stubborn will. We want to please our will more than anybody. I mean, that is the main thing. We want us to be the center of the universe. But unless we learn to submit our will, to submit our will to God and recognize that God is the center of the, of the universe, then it's going to be tough. It's going to be a struggle. It, there's going to be a battle. And a lot of time, you know, if you don't allow God to take that battle or to give God the victory, you will fall into your own will. And when you fall into your own will, you will be out of uh, God's will. Now, just ask the life that you live or Samson affect those around us uh, for good. It also affect negative, negatively for God also. And here's what I've meant on that. You know, when the choice we make, uh, it does affect us. Let's say, you know, I come from a, a smaller church in, in Tacoma, raising up in, uh, know a lot of saints up there. A lot of them, you know, go to the church in Chehalis or uh, Seattle now. Uh, sometime, uh, those who are gone away from the Lord, they, uh, it saddened my heart to see that because of the choice they make, it affects their children. I see their children growing up following the ways of the world, following the way of the sin. And it is sad when at one time, you know, they were so committed to the Lord. And then because of the decision they make, they think that, oh, I'll, I'll be accountable for what happened to me. But no, that's not true. The, look at their children. And then what about when their children have their children? Where are they going to stand? Uh, are they going to hear the gospel? Uh, are they going to know this gospel? Are they going to live that life that should be um, holy and acceptable to God? That's why I appreciate uh, Brother Gary uh, Morgan's testimony the other day when he said, He's brought up in the church, growing up in the church, and when he got saved young, he was saved from a lot of uh, misery, a lot of things that a lot of people don't need to go through. You know, that is a blessing. And some people, I'm sure some people out there or some people here don't think, oh, well, I'm glad I went through a certain thing. Well, I want to go through a certain thing myself. But why? Why would you want to go through all that headache, all that misery, you know, without peace, without knowing that you have a hope of eternal uh, salvation? You know, and again, and I always tell my children this too, what you do, the friend you hang out with does affect you. I mean, again, the, the testimony I hear about that, um, the, the fellowship of like-mindedness or fellowship with those brother and sister in Christ. When you fellowship with like-minded of those who are following Jesus Christ, you learn to encourage one another. You lift up one another. You help one another to grow closer to God. But if you choose, again, to fellowship with those who are not like-minded, who are contrary to what you believe, or even to just somewhat think what you believe or they accept you believe, a lot of time, more often than none, you will be persuaded to draw away from God than them, than you drawing them to come to church. Now, if they come to church with you every service or whatever and pray with you, that's great. But be careful, you know, when 
outside from church and you just spend a lot of time for those who are not saved. And if they know where you stand, if they know who you serve as your God, then it might be the enemy of your soul trying to tempt you, trying to persuade you, and trying to win your soul to be on his side. Again, everything that we do and say and uh, affect not just yourself, but your family, your friend, and those who are around you. And you want it to be an effective uh, walking testimony for Jesus Christ, not the other way around. You know, at the um, the end of that uh, um, account there on Mark 441, uh, they said, and they fear exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, sometime I'm kind of surprised that they said that. It was just right before they entered the ship. You know, again, Peter was talking about how the Lord explained the, the, the miracle of God. And some of them asked God to say, hey, giving up their life, their family, giving up their belonging, everything to follow Jesus right before they enter the ship and hear the storm come, I'm sure just, let's say, within the couple hours. And right away, they forgot what they were giving up to choose to follow Jesus. They gave up everything to be his disciple. And as soon as he calmed the storm, they said, man, what manner of man is this that the wind and the, the, the sea obey him? How quick are they to forget? I pray tonight that none of us be so quick to forget what God has done for us. Especially, you know, I appreciate the testimony that those who've been saved for so many years, that, uh, that they're still here standing firm and being an encouragement to us to follow, for the young people to follow. And young people, you know, take heed to that. Listen and take that to heart and remember that because if they can do it, you can do it. If God can keep them, God can keep you. Don't be, you know, falling into that trap or to the lies of the devil. He will always try to convince you that, you know, you can just step aside for a little bit and do this and do that, do your want. You know, seek the desire of your heart. That's what he's going to try to do. Seek what you want. You're the most important thing. And that's what they teach in school too. You are the most important thing in this world, in this one. Whatever you think is right. No. It's not, you know, God is the most important thing in this world. And our uh, duty, our service is to serve him, to love him, because he gave his son to die for us on that cross, that we might have life. So we don't end up in hell like everybody else who choose to deny and give up God for him. So again, let not be quick to forget what God has done for us and what God did for us and what God is doing in our life right now. And, uh, you know, it's important too. Like, you know, I'm thankful that for the children I have, and uh, and um, how do I say without? Yeah, you know, I guess I better not say it. You know, you live a life. I try. We try. Uh, Christy and I try to live an example, to live a life that they would follow. That it's not a, a, a double standard life. That the life we. Uh, show or speak in church is the life we live at home so that way they can't say well how come you act like this at church and at home you act something different yeah i don't want to 
be that person and uh, growing up uh, since I got married, that was one of my biggest, uh, my prayer almost every day, uh, Lord, let me live a life that is consistent for you everywhere I go, not just at home, not just at church, and especially uh, at work, consistent everywhere, that God would walk me through every part of my life. And again, as parents also, you have to live your life consistent for your children because you don't want your children to grow up. You know, by the time they're 18, out of house or go to college, you know what? Uh, I didn't like the way that they live, so why should I start going to church again or live my life the way they live? And again, uh, grandparents, the same thing. Grandparents are one of the biggest influencers for their grandkids and for their children. Because I hear many testimony where, you know, their grandma pray for them and their grandparents pray for them and look at a great example for them. And we see, I, we see it here in our church too. There's a lot of great example for grandparents for their grandchildren to follow and for their children to follow. So again, the choice we make, the thing we do has a great effect on us. When Jesus calmed that storm, he not only saved everybody on that ship, but he saved everybody on that sea. Again, the decision you make now, whatever it is, not only affects you, but affects everybody around you and those uh, that uh, later uh, to come also. So tonight, if you're not saved, you know, get saved. We all know you heard the gospel. Jesus come to die for you on that cross that you might have life in heaven with him. You know, if you choose not to, to have that, again, it doesn't just not affect you, but affect other people also around you. Don't you want your children to be saved too? Or those who have family, brother and sister or grandparents who are not saved? Don't you want to be saved too? If you choose to give your life to Christ, uh, you know, that will affect them also. That can be an encouragement, that little tiny encouragement that bring them to know Jesus Christ. So again, I would um, encourage everybody, and again, if you need your sanctification, your baptism, Come seek it. Draw closer. First, draw closer to God. Ask God, how can I be closer to you? What do I need to do to give my will to you? Because again, the choice that you make, the, the will that you give to God does affect those around you also and not just yourself. And do it for the glory of God and not for yourself. So tonight, the altar of uh, the prayers is open for invitation again. And I invite all of you to come and pray. God bless you.